and bonjour all you gardening cats and gators. Welcome to Gardening with Cisco, June 23rd. And holy cats, I have been all over the place. And uh, first of all, I want to say hi to all you folks I saw at Christensen's Nursery. What a fun time that was. That's the Rosie Day, Rosie Day Out Rose Festival. And... Uh, Huge crowd out there. The garden looked fantastic at the nursery. So, uh, you know, they had a selection of roses like I've never seen, and I gave away about 8 million plants with John's permission, of course, and uh, really had a good time. So thanks so much for all of you that came out there. And uh, uh, then I I drove right over to SeaTac, hopped in a plane, an all-nighter to Boston and uh, really had fun. Went to Noah and Ilana's uh, wedding, and uh, that was really special. It's the second Jewish wedding I've ever been to, and uh, it was just so festive. It was a wonderful celebration. You know, they had... uh, They broke the glass at the end end of the wedding, and then... uh, there was this wild circle dancing inside that was really, really fun. And then uh, the, the bride and groom sat in chairs, and they lifted them in the air. The whole thing was just so fun. And I'll tell you, I don't know if you've ever been to Boston, but it's a wonderful, wonderful city. They put that uh, the big dig in, and it was very controversial when they put in this underground freeway. To, but it used to cut. Boston right in half. And now it's so wonderful. It's all parks up above where the freeway used to be. They've got the Freedom Walk. So they mark off all this, about a two and a half mile walk that goes to 16 different places that were really important in the Revolutionary War. And they tell you all about them. It ends at Bunker Hill, which was a really important spot in the Revolutionary War. So really, really fun and uh, just um, just had a terrific time. Went to Mount Auburn Cemetery and uh, very nice saw this uh, Millican gravestone. It said Millican on it. So we thought, oh, that'd be fun to send to Sue Millican, one of the owners of Far Reaches Farm, a nursery that I love. And uh so we took that picture that we saw. Uh, we just happened to see Sue Milliken this weekend with Kelly, her husband, and uh, told her about it. She goes, that is my relative. She came from there. So holy cats. <laughs> so, I, uh, hey, and then I was out at Wilco, uh, the new uh, celebration of the grand opening, even though it's been going for a year. The Wilco out in Bremerton, and oh, was that fun. So uh, they let me give away about 8 million plants and gloves and all kinds of fun things. So it was really fun, and they had a great selection of plants. So I was able to give away a lot of really fun ones. And um, I want to say thanks to that wonderful woman who gave me all those great eggs and uh, some sauces and things. And uh, Kate from Spirit Pottery, that green man that looks like me that you gave me, I can't believe it. So, (laughs) oh, I've been having a lot of fun. Hey, uh, this weekend now, I'm over at the NPA Study Weekend. So uh, it's the Plants 
the Hardy Plant Study Weekend. So uh, Dan Hinckley gave a fantastic uh, keynotes uh, talk last night. I went and really fun today because I went to two talks. So I. Uh, Already I've seen two. And then uh, Jimmy and June Blake are here from Ireland, and I went to both of their gardens when I led that garden tour to Ireland last fall, so it's really fun to see them and uh, just really having a good time. So we're going back, and then we'll do a giant garden tour, some of the best gardens you ever saw. We did a bunch over in Woodenville yesterday that we're to die for, and uh, we're going back, and now we'll be in uh up in Edmonds looking at really fantastic gardens. Then we'll go to more talks tomorrow and then uh, do some more uh, uh, garden scene. And we'll, and Monday you even go see gardens. And tonight I'm the MC for the big party uh, at McMinimins, which is going to be really fun tonight. I have to judge people for their uh, different costumes they're wearing so it should be just a blast and a half so and uh the nice thing is that our puppy izzy is out at the farm with who we call aunt joyce who is one of my favorite house sitters and she's taking care of izzy while we're so busy so this is working out really good and patrick it was wonderful meeting you today out at the farm uh I could tell Izzy loves living Tweedle out of you, buddy. So, all right. Hey, uh, so, hey, if you want to find out more about the Northwest Perennial Alliance, it's really a neat organization. And, uh, you know, they they trade off where they have the big annual um, plant study weekend every year. And this year it's here in, in the Seattle area. But uh, last year it was up in Canada. Next year it will be down in Oregon. It's fantastic. So we have a link right on the front page of Cisco.com. You can go to that. Also, it tells on the front of Cisco.com where I'm going to be in July. I'm going to be at the Auburn Farmers Market. That's on July 15th. And I'll be at the Whidbey Island Fair in July 22nd. So, I'll, But there will be more details later. We've been so busy, Mary wasn't able to put it on there. Something else big I want to let you know about here, and that is, let's see, get that over there. So uh, Arthur Lee Jacobson's having his June Open Garden today and tomorrow. So uh, I've got a link, right? It's in events. you got to click on the events, and you can go to that. And He's got a really interesting garden with 8 million different kinds of super rare plants and um I think he's selling plants over there, so really a fun thing to go do. So he lives over kind of, I don't know how to describe, but over on Howe Street, so kind of near uh, the Montlake Bridge, kind of. So anyway, that's a pretty fun event. So if you want to have some fun, you might go over to Arthur Lee Jacobson's June Open Garden, and uh, it goes from noon to 9 o'clock. Uh, today and tomorrow. And the Skagit Symphony is having their big garden tour. That's tomorrow from 10 to 4, six beautiful gardens in Mount Vernon. And the West Seattle Garden Tour, which we told you about last week, that's going tomorrow. And uh, that goes from 10 to 5. So there's links in my event page. Just go in there and you can find out all the details, how to get there, how to get tickets, 
the whole 95 yards. Okay, so I am uh, sailing solo today. <laughs> so uh, I hope you'll give me a call so I don't have to uh, go on and on too much with a soliloquy here. <laughs> so if you got a question, give me a call. one 973 973-Cairo, and I'll be back in just a minute on 97.3 Cairo FM. This is Gardening with Cisco on the all-new Cairo Radio Weekends, brought to you by PacificTopsoil.com and Moldax in Woodenville. Ooh la la, here's Cisco. Oh la la, hey, uh, so we've got Ronald from Belfair on the line. Hey, Ronald, thanks for calling. Yeah, hi. How are you today? Hey, just terrific. Thanks. Um, yeah, so I just had a pretty basic question about I, my property uh, is in a wetland, kind of swampy. Uh-huh. And I, I'm, I've been wanting to get, you know, fruits and vegetables going and, and possibly bring some trees in, um, you know, with some blueberries and things like that, or bushes, I mean. And um, I'm just kind of wondering... Is there anything special that I need to keep in mind in that type of a you know environment? Yeah, there's a lot because uh, for you know you can as long as you can do raised beds something like that because uh, most of the plants you know most of the plants that we typically grow just are not going to survive in a swampy environment. So if you're going to grow veggies and things, you got you're going to have to make a fairly high, like three feet high raised bed, which will be nice because you won't be bending over, weeding, you know, doing all those things. But um, and then yeah. bring in good potting soil because uh, even then, too much water may get picked up in there. You know, you might have to figure out a way to keep the water from getting wicked up into it all the time. But um. Okay. Yeah, so anything like blueberries, uh, vegetables, anything like that, you know, you, you're really going to have to figure out a way to make a raised bed. Now, there's a lot of plants that thrive in swampy environments, you know. Uh, so red twig dogwood is a very famous kind of plant. They could sit underwater in the spring and be dry as a bone all summer. So, you know, if you got some spots that are like that out there, that, that would be a great very attractive plant. And, of course, willow trees, they grow in that kind of environment. Alders can generally take it pretty well. You know, it's going to take some experimentation. Uh, you know, some of, uh, I think you can go on the web and, um, you know, say, all right, plants that could take, you know, wet feet or swampy environment or wetland environment, and you'll come up all with right. a lot. And there's a great book by Nicola Ferguson. It's called Right Plant, Right Place. And she has a lot of lists of plants that can live in all kinds of environments. So you'll find some pretty attractive ones. You know what you could you know what you could grow that would be really fun? You could grow bug eating plants. Cause they love that's just what they love. They love bogs. So uh, mm-hmm. you could, you know, all these Saracenias and cobra plants and things that are really neat looking. And you could have a little area where you've got those. 
That would be mm-hmm. that would be so fun to have that. You want that where you know people that come over get to see it because they're really cool looking plants. So, all right, I'll look into those. Yeah. So yeah, do some searches on the computer. Some of the uh, Sunset Garden books, some of the older ones have really good lists of plants that can take those kind of conditions. And you can find those books in half-price uh, bookstores, too. So, yeah, you're gonna, I think you're going to actually have fun planting things in there. If you want to plant the coolest of all plants on Earth, plant a Gunnera. So Gunnera manicata has leaves the size of five people has this big fruit-like thing in the middle. It is so wow. cool. You can't, you'll can't. you expect to see a Tyrannosaurus Rex come around the corner every time you look at it. So. Nice. <laughs> All yeah, right. Look into those. That sounds fun. Yeah. Oh, you're going to have a lot of fun. So, uh, yeah, there's lots you could do, but you're limited you know, the things like Japanese maples, pine trees, all those kind of things, you can't, you really can't plant those where the feet will get too wet or they'll die. Okay. All right. No. Okay. Well, awesome. thank you. All right. Good luck, Ronald. Bye bye. All right. You have a- Okay. See ya. All right. Hey, we'll go to Jeff. At least I'll get you started, Jeff, and we'll see if we can get all the way through your question. How you doing? I'm doing fantastic, Cisco. How are you? Hey, fantastic. Great. I hope you don't mind, but I refer to you as my buddy when I talk to people about my gardening knowledge. I'm very (laughs) proud about that. I'll tell you what. Um, I've got a question. Um, I have these blackberry bushes that grow in my backyard, and I think they grow faster than asparagus. Before I blink, they're, like, huge and... I want to know the best. I've used chemicals before, but I really don't want to use chemicals. Yeah, I want to, or you know, I want to try to figure out. I thought about goats, but I don't. I'm trying to figure out the best way to get rid of them. Um, All right, because they're they're taking over. (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah, blackberries around here. They are the worst weed we've got, you know, and uh, they can just take over a huge area. It's amazing and. And uh, yeah. so, and the problem is, like goats, goats will knock them down, but they don't eat the roots, and they come right back. So oh, okay. now, uh, just out of curiosity, can you get a lawnmower back there? I mean, yeah. is it flat? Yeah. So if you if you cut it's, all it's those all... blackberries down, would you be able to mow that area? Yes, I would be able to. Well, guess what? You have got the easiest way to get rid of blackberries there is. See, okay. at, at years and years ago at Seattle University, we had we owned a vacant lot. Actually, I didn't know we owned it, and I called the city to squeal on whoever owned the lot to make them clean it up. <laughs> then I get called the office okay. and go, "We got to clean this up." Oh, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> And I, we didn't use any poison there, so we cut all the blackberries down to six inches. But then they started yeah. growing back so fast, so I asked one of our employees, one of the gardeners, I asked her if she'd go mow, the, mow that lot with an old mower to give me time to figure out what to do. So she went over Good. there and she mowed the lot, 
Well, I didn't do anything. So two weeks later, she went over and mowed the blackberries again. She mowed every two weeks all summer. By the end of summer, there wasn't one blackberry left anywhere that she could mow. Because it's a woody plant. It can't take being mowed like that. If it gets mowed every other week, the blackberries just die. And they're replaced with grasses and weeds that like to be mowed. So oh, so okay. it it works 100%. We did it against uh, ivy as well, and it worked 100%. Oh, great. Yeah, so you got... That's uh, great. Now, the bad part is that you got to knock all those blackberries down somehow. That's going to be a pain. Yeah. You know what we did? We got a, We had weed eaters, so we took a weed eater, uh-huh. and we bought a big blade to go on the bottom. Very dangerous. We wore lead yeah. chaps. We cut it all down yeah. and got it out of there, and then we started mowing it, and you'll be rid of it. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I'm going to do it. Yeah, it works like a charm. All right, Jeff, let me know how it goes. It's going to take all summer for this to work. you got to mow every other week. <laughs> but after you mow every it. other week, you'll have that problem totally solved. I guarantee it. I'll do it, Disco. Thank you so much. All right, Jeff, thanks so much for your call. Bye. Oh, la, la, time for the news. We'll be back right after this, 97.3 Cairo FM. You're listening to Gardening with Cisco on the all-new Cairo Radio Weekends. Well, I'm happy to hear that weather report because uh, Mary and I are going to be going around looking at wonderful gardens. Uh, today it's in Edmonds. This is all part of the Northwest Perennial Alliance Hardy Plant Study Weekend. And, uh, and then tomorrow it's all around the Seattle area. I think they asked me if I wanted to put my garden on, but uh I think I thought it was for something else. Anyway, I'm not I I'm not on this tour even though I think it would be fun, but I don't know how I could have gone to Boston and got my garden looking good cuz I've been kind of busy just as of late. Hey, we have some open lines, so if you want to give me a call, Mary, I'm going to put you on in a second. Uh give me a call at 1-888-973-5476, 1-888-973-5476. Hey Mary in Seattle, welcome to Gardening with Cisco. Hi Cisco, how are you? Hey, just great. How about you? Good, good. Right. Hey, um I have a New Zealand flax that I've had for over 20 some odd years and I left wow. town for 3 weeks and I looked out the window and it's has this long stock of blooms, so oh. I wasn't sure what I need to do. What well, enjoy it because okay. uh, they don't always bloom like that. So uh, that's really that, now. Uh, I'll tell you. I'll tell you a quick story. So uh, you know, I lead garden tours around the world a lot, and uh, so I had just got back from leading one to New Zealand back when I worked at Seattle University. And uh, one of the gardeners, because each gardener at Seattle U has their own area, one of the gardeners came running in and said, oh, man, you wouldn't believe it. All the formium out there, the New Zealand flax, they're all in bloom, which is very unusual. You don't see that very often. And I said, "Ah, you know what? The flowers look okay for a couple of days. Then they get kind of ugly. I said, just cut them off, save time. She goes out to cut them off. She comes back and she goes, you don't want me to cut those off. 
I go, why not? She said, there's like 12 hummingbirds on every one of those oh. formiums. They're big hummingbird plants. So, uh, okay. so let them bloom, and then they'll look ugly, and you just cut the flowers off. But there is one okay. thing to be aware of. It could be a sign that your formium is a little under stress because okay. plants tend to bloom when they think, you know, they might die. <laughs> and uh, so it could be that you might need to water that guy just a little more, something like that. You know, we had that dry, dry, dry May. And right. so uh, just keep an eye on it. Make sure it's doing well. You know, I'm amazed. I don't know where you live, but it's amazing that your formium, you've had it that many years because the cold weather we've had over the last few years uh, really did a number on a lot of them. But yours just sails right through, huh? Yeah, and it's kind of amazing because reading it doesn't like clay soil. And it's in this really small part of the garden. And I don't live far from you. Ah, okay. Standpoint, so... Uh, yeah, and this is the first time it's ever done that. And it it does look a little um, parched compared to the one next to it that uh, isn't yeah. blooming. So I appreciate the watering advice. Yeah, good, good. And, you know, just so you know, if you ever hear, you might just want to buy one um, frost protect from Charlie's Greenhouse out in Mount Vernon. You can just go to okay. charliesgreenhouse.com and uh, just buy the big one. Because if ever we get another one of those Arctic Expresses, if you throw that over your formium, you could leave it on all summer. It'll probably save your formium from uh, just being turned into marmalade. <laughs> okay. That'll yep. Okay. Great. Well, I appreciate that. Hey, well, that was a fantastic question. Thank you so much. You're welcome. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye bye. You know, uh, so we have all open lines right now, so if somebody wants to call, you'll zip right in. You won't have to wait at all. But I thought I'd mention that, um, you know, if you go to New Zealand, you see New Zealand flax or formium everywhere. And we call formium New Zealand flax because the Maori people or the Maori people, they learned how to use that plant to make uh, clothes. And by... The mid-1800s, they had selected out over 30 different formiums that made the best clothes. So it's uh, kind of an interesting, it's an interesting plant. And if you've ever had to cut it down, you know why they made their clothes out of it. Oh, la, la. It is not easy <laughs> to cut that stuff. People use... Uh, you know, there's some kind of scissors you can use to chop chickens in half if you're a cook. <laughs> People use that. All right. Hey, we got Ann on the line from Linwood. Hey, Ann, welcome to the show. Thanks a lot for calling. Hi, Ann. Hi. Hey, how you doing? Good. How are you? Oh, fantastic. What's going on? Um... Well, I've been wondering this, and I've tried lots of things, but I have a hibiscus that was gorgeous when we bought our house 20 years ago, uh -huh. and I was so in love with it, and it hasn't bloomed since. So on this hibiscus, is this a shrub, or is yes. it 
Yeah, okay. So, yeah. So that's hibiscus syric, yeah, uh, I don't know, syricus or whatever it is. It come it yeah. supposedly comes from Syria. But um so is it getting shaded out? No, it gets a lot of sun. It gets a lot of sun. Uh have you it grows a lot of growth, and I cut it back, and um, it just never blooms. When, when do you cut it back? Uh, when it gets so annoying because it grows so fast. I think <laughs> I think I think it's the timing of when you're cutting it back that's messing it all up. Oh, really? Yeah, because uh, they bloom on growth that occurred the year before. So if uh, at before they bloom, if you cut them down, then you're you'll never uh-huh. see a bloom because you're cutting off all the spots where it normally would bloom. So here's what you got to do with this uh, hibiscus syriaceae. <laughs> I just can't get that today. All right, what <laughs> what you got to do? I would do this, and it's risky, but you don't want a, a big hibiscus that doesn't bloom. So it's worth taking the risk, in my opinion. This winter, cut it down two-thirds. Cut the whole shebang down two-thirds. Now, you may not get any blooms next summer, but if you cut it down two-thirds, hopefully you won't have to prune it the next after it grows this next summer. Then the following summer, if you don't prune it, you're going to have a ton of blooms on that. Okay. So, so two, what? What? When do you say winter? Like what month? Oh, once once it's dormant and it drops all its leaves. So once okay. the leaves have dropped, any time in the winter, then before February, I'd say. And when you cut it down, try to cut where a node is, where leaves normally grow. You can kind of see uh-huh. the spot. Cut right above those. Okay. And if if this right. if this plant dies, make sure that you tell everybody somebody else gave you this advice, okay? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I've I've like the thing is very hardy because I have cut it way down before, but maybe at the wrong time of year. Yeah. And then it just keeps growing. Yeah, this sounds like it's a real monster, and it's going to always be bigger than you want. But every other year or something, you could cut it way down, and you won't get blooms the next year, but you'll get them the next year as long as you don't prune. And, you know, you might even try cutting farther than two-thirds, but now you're getting into really risky territory. But if you do, then, Uh, you know, you'll be able to wait longer before you have to prune again. Okay. All right, I'll give it a try. Thanks, Cisco. Okay, good luck. Let me know what happens, okay? Okay, thanks. Okay, thanks, Ann. Bye-bye. All right, right back after this. The best gardening station on the air, 97.3 Cairo FM. This is Gardening with Cisco on the all-new Cairo Radio Weekends. All right, hey, we're in the last section of the show I don't know how it goes so fast. Hey, by the way, I want to let you know I'll be on uh, New Day Northwest this Monday, June 25th. And uh, 
I'm on there with the incredible Margaret Larson, who I just think is fantastic. So anyway, I'm going to be talking about the Trickster Growing Delphinium, which I think is one of the coolest plants you can get on Earth. Okay, right now we're heading to Renton. We're going to talk to Pat. Pat, thanks for calling. You betcha. Hey, I have a... Actually, you left me on hold through the break, so now I have two questions. Oh, that's fine. My original... What's that? That's good. You deserve it. Okay. Uh, my original question is about um, old-fashioned hydrangeas that, that I have two huge pots underneath my windowsill, and each one has a hydrangea that's been there for probably 25 years. Wow. So over the years, the hydrangeas have turned from blue to pink, and so last year I found some stuff that said, you know, put this on your hydrangeas for blue flowers. Yeah. So I did that, and on one of the pots, all the leaves have kind of shriveled up, and it's not looking so good. And I was wondering, could I possibly have put too much on that one? The other one looks healthy as a horse. Yeah, I think I that would be the first thing that I would suspect. Uh, that you got to be sort of careful with that stuff. You got to follow the directions real careful. It's aluminum sulfate. So you're turning uh, soil very acid, which is, you know, and you're adding aluminum because hydrangeas can only pick up aluminum if the soil is acid and uh, and it's the aluminum that turns the flowers blue. But if you overdo it, that can cause trouble. So what I would probably do is uh, water the tweedle out of that guy for a while just to leach out any excess of that uh, bluing. Wondering if, if I could do that without drowning the thing. But, yeah, so you, you gotta don't be think careful. In the same pots for twenty five years has anything to do with it? Then. Well, you know, it could be. It could be that that uh, that uh, hydrangea is so root bound in there that it's just at the point now where you can't water it enough. And if you notice when you water, the water seems to run right through. What that yeah, means? Yeah. What, what that means is that the roots are so thick. The water's not soaking into the root ball. It's riding along the top, running down the side where the plant down pulls the away. Yep. So it might be well, time. I have to investigate that, but it certainly has been easy having the same plant for yeah, all you've, those years. You've done amazing with that. And so if you have to. I think so too, but I wanted blue flowers, so maybe I put an end to it. Yeah. Anyway, I'll move on. My other okay. question was about um, Agastache's. That yep. I put in in pots, containers. I have all containers. Um, last year, and they came back just full force this year, and they're really leggy and kind of flopping over. I should I be pinching those back when yeah. they first start coming up? Yeah. What, so with a gastiki, that's how I say it. You know, but uh, okay. But it's spelled like agastachi for people listening. So uh, they're wonderful hummingbird plants, and they have beautiful flowers. And, them, yeah. and don't they smell great, the foliage? They do. Oh, so so in the spring, when they start coming back, I always cut those way, way down. Okay. I and, kind of thought maybe I should have done that, but it's my only the second year for them. So I kind of let them go, and they're looking pretty leggy. You could probably get away with cutting them pretty far back now. It's going to delay blooming, but maybe you can cut some of the branches down, and when they start coming back, 
you know, nice and full and strong, then you can cut the other ones back farther. That's one way you well, could maybe do I'll it. I'll give that a try and see what happens. So. Yeah, because, I mean, you know, uh, the hummingbirds are going to be really mad at you when you cut those back. <laughs> Well, I got plenty of food for the hummingbirds. Trust oh. me, I've got whole families in my yard. Oh, so isn't that I, fun? I, I feed them all winter, and then the returning ones know where to come. And so, well, you know, I, I think... wean them off the the feeders with plants. And well, so, I think you're impressive because you know here you are doing it all with containers, and yet you've got a whole family of hummingbirds hanging out in your garden. That it just I I want people to realize you can do that. You know, if you get a lot of you containers, can, yeah. And it's a lot of fun, yeah, too, to isn't find, it? You have to find some nice soul that wants to take your plants when they outgrow the containers. <laughs> yeah, that could be a problem. <laughs> yes. But anyway, I have a lot of fun with them, and that's all, what I'm restricted to. So, hey, you know, got to go with what you got. So. Great. Well, you're doing terrific. So uh, good luck with those. Okay, and I'll try flushing out the up from the hydrangea yeah if you have just remember if you have to in the winter you could pull those hydrangeas out and cut the roots back quite a bit and then put them right back in the same pot oh that's a thought i never thought of doing that i've done it with other plants but i've never thought about that works good with hydrangeas hydrangeas. sounds good i'll give it a whirl it'll be a good winter project all right thanks pat okay thank you okay bye-bye all right. Well, I am really looking forward to going and seeing lots of beautiful gardens in the Edmonds area today and uh, then tomorrow in the Seattle area, all near my home. So this is going to be fun. Again, I'll just remind you, it's the Northwest Perennial Alliance Hardy Plant Study Weekend. There's a link right on the front page of Cisco.com. So you can go to that and uh, learn about that. I think it's a great uh, organization, and I can't wait to be the MC for the party tonight. Oh, la, la. I'm going to tell the story of why I go around saying oh, la, la all the time. <laughs> hey, Brian, thanks so much, buddy. Great working with you. Hey, everybody, enjoy. It's going to be a nice afternoon. See you later. Bye-bye. <laughs>